Hallelujah. I may believe that God is truly good. Thank you. Thank you, Rich. Hallelujah. Open your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, please. Let me get it to my place here. I have a... You know, Carol was uh, speaking about the contrast between fact and truth. Their uh, truth in reality is first conveyed as a fact. <laughs> you know, uh, it's knowledge. But there's an interesting word in uh, John chapter 1. It's not only John chapter 1 particularly, but it says, uh, in the beginning was, was God. In the, I'm sorry, in the, in the beginning... Jesus, oh man, a lot. Was the Word. Thank you. I'm just pulling this over here. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. And it, I think as verse 7 says, In him was life, the Word, and the life is the light of men. And the word light is the Greek word phos, and it means truth and it's knowledge. So truth in and of itself can be a fact, but the knowledge of the truth is revelations revealed to us. Okay. And there's the really a good way to say how it really comes into us. Meditation by speaking it over and over. It's like that. Sowing that seed into the ground is what Jesus used that comparison. Didn't he? Did, um, that's a question to all of you. You are allowed. You're permitted here. This isn't a particular denomination that limits you from responding. I want you to preach back at me. Hallelujah. Please. Amen. So the word, Jesus said, the word is a seed and it's sown into the ground. And there's a process. And the, it's interesting that he uses the things of the natural to communicate spiritual realities. And sometimes we make it so hard and difficult. What happens when you plant a seed into the ground? It must die. It's in a dormant form, but it goes in the ground. It dies. It cracks open in its new environment. And out of it comes an endosperm or what produces the root system. In that endosperm is the house, the properties to create a root system to establish it and give it its ability to stand and come forth and bear fruit. So meditating on the word helps that process. A lot of times we have the word and we use it, we can quote it and everything else, but yet there really is no fruit of that word in our life. We're kind of like we're trying to eat fruit before it's actually manifested. Y'all here? Yeah. I'm preaching better and you're shouting. So anyway, let's look at Corinthians. Corinthians 12. We started here last week, but I'm going to start with verse 4. There are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. 
there are differences of ministries. I'm using the New King James. But the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities. But it is the same God who works all in all. Verse 7. Really significant. For you. All this is for us. But for you personally, you need to. You need to sink your teeth into this. But the manifestation of the spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. So out of this, these different things that are revealed to us in verses four, five, and six, there are things that are pertinent that God has placed in you uniquely and particularly to be a blessing in his kingdom and a blessing on the planet. Hallelujah. I should, you should shout hallelujah. Glory to God. I didn't know all that. I knew it in fact, but I haven't yet seen it in truth or in fruit. Amen. I know it's truth, but I, I want to see the fruit. Say, I want to see the fruit of the truth in my life. I'm not too convinced you guys are weak preachers. Come on now. I want to see the, I want to see the fruit of truth in my life. Come on, convince me that that's your demeanor. Hallelujah. <laughs> I want to see the evidence of fruit in my life. That's a result of the truth. Amen. Thank you. So, uh, interestingly, uh, and, and you need to take notes on this if you don't have it already. Many people in here, I'm sure that you are aware of this. In verse 4, the diversities of the gifts is really speaking about motive gifts that are revealed in Romans chapter 12, verses 6 to 8. Now, we're not going there today. I'm not going to get diverted. I'm going to stick to the focus because last week, I think I was like a shotgun, probably a sawed-off shotgun. I mean, I had so many different points of Scripture every last week. I felt like a ping-pong ball. Two weeks ago, yeah, I'm sorry, two weeks ago. Yeah, Pastor Tim ministered a great word on Thanksgiving last week. Amen. By the way, thank you for your prayers and uh, uh, for regarding our 49th anniversary. That's where we were. We went away for our 49th. And next year, we won't be here, I hope. Hallelujah. I hope to be in Israel or somewhere, take my bride somewhere that's going to be really nice. Hallelujah. Or Europe. Glory to God for 50 years of gold. Nah, well, whatever. We'll figure that out. Happy wife's a happy life. Amen. Pray. <laughs> So Romans 12, verses 68 is the diversities of gifts he's speaking about in verse 4. In verse 5, there are differences of ministries, and that is the Ephesians 4.11 ministry, the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. In verse 6, it says there are diversities of activities. And we find the activities of those ministries in 1 Corinthians 12, verses 28 to 31. We're not going to them right at the moment, okay? Because there's something that's more important before you go into all these things. The Corinthians had received the gospel. They were excited. They were moving in the gifts of the Spirit. They were moving in the supernatural things of God. But yet they were shallow in the Word. Now, I can tell you this. In the Jesus outpouring, the charismatic renewal... Believe it or not, the, a large part of the charismatic renewal in the, in the 60s and the 70s was launched through the Roman Catholic denomination. There was an outpouring of God's spirit. So here are these people that, that began to get excited and, and get on fire for God. 
I'll tell you what, throughout this area, not far from here. St. Rose, uh, is it St. Rose's over here in Haddon Heights? They had a huge charismatic community of people. Healing services. Hallelujah. They were working the word. Amen. Now, of course, the higher ups got a little bit disgruntled. We met with uh, the, uh, the head of the Diocese of Philadelphia. Uh, well, not at that point. He wasn't our archbishop. Uh, nope. It was Father Vincent Walsh. Father Vincent Walsh was the chancellor of the Diocese of Philadelphia. And we went to meet with him and just find out what was going on. Because all of a sudden, we were so excited because my, my family thought I had, you know, I lost it. Yeah, I had apostatized from Roman Catholicism and I'm some kind of cult. <laughs> you know. But I persuaded her because she saw the change in our lives that I said, Mom, I didn't try to say, you know, and I did at first. I, man, I came against organized religion pretty hard when I first got saved because <laughs> I was angry that I didn't get the truth preached to me in there about being saved. So anyway, I got to the point where I, uh, God smoothed me over. He took out some of those burrs. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> said, no, 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 no. Love, not not anger. <laughs> Amen. So I began to encourage my family. Look, there is a movement in the Catholic Church. And it's the charismatic renewal. And you can encounter and experience the Holy Spirit in a way that's so great and personal. And I encourage them. But here, I'll tell you what, it's amazing. God, say God is good. They constructed a... A manual, a little manual, a seven-week course. To, if, if people wanted to encounter the Holy Spirit in a brand new, fresh way. It was called New Life in the Spirit. Week four of the seven-week course, they led them through a prayer that was none other than the sinner's prayer. And they would pray and receive Christ, ask, repent of their sin and everything else. And they were setting them up for week seven where they would lay hands on them to receive the Holy Ghost and be baptized in the spirit. So they had this experience and man, oh, shut it, man, you get in a Holy Ghost charismatic, Roman Catholic charismatic meeting, man, you're going to have to, the tongues are flying. I mean, they believe, man, the supernatural of God. Off to the races. And then they go have a beer. Or, you know, or go to the bar. Hallelujah. Man, we had a great service. Glory to God. Yeah, give me a martini. They didn't have the, and I'm not, listen, I'm not attacking that stuff. But that's what was happening. They didn't have the word revelation or word content of, uh, of God, you know, saying, lay those things aside, put off the old man, put on the new. They didn't have word. So they were doing things out of habit. But they were excited about God. Man, they'd be pounding down a, you know, a, a mug of bud and glory to God. You know, whatever. They were, they were on fire. They were on fire. They'd be praying for people in the bars. Yeah, people falling out in the power. You know. And listen, I want to encourage you about something. Don't make, don't be so religious that you put God in some kind of religious box. 
He's not moved by anything that goes on. There's nothing new under the sun, the Bible says. Amen. Amen. I'm not advocating all that kind of lifestyle and all that. But a lot of times the preaching of the gospel can be, it can be really harsh against the sinner. When reality, there's a lot of saints that still need to be cleaned up. But we're supposed to get people saved and in the, in the house of God and let God by his word and by his spirit and through the love of the saints, say love of the saints, love of the saints, give them an atmosphere where he can do that work in them and clean them up. A lot of times you go, ah, yeah, filthy animal. (laughs) (laughs) My beloved saint, my beloved brother, my beloved sister in God. I'll tell you what, John Maxwell said this in one of his teachings. He said, listen, he said, pastors, if you will put a 10 on top of the, every one of your people's heads and talk to them and minister to them like they are a 10, they will gravitate to it. Hallelujah. Amen. So when you're interacting with your unsaved family or unsaved neighbors, whatever else, speak to them as if they're a brother and sister in the Lord already. Call those things that are not as though they are. I Listen, there are people I speak to in the ACME that actually went to school with some of our elder sons. And this one guy, Jim, uh, I see him every time I tell him I'm in his line. I purposely look for him when I'm in the ACME over there. Yeah, you know, tall Jim. Huh? He's a Redskins fan. How about that? Uh, praise God. Yeah. yeah. Listen, I, I say to him every time I say I'm in line. I said, hey, St. James, how you doing? I call him St. James. And he, <laughs> you know, I said, when are you coming out? I'm still, I'm still looking for you every Sunday morning. And, you know, and, and slowly, but surely on occasion, it's not every time, but he'll say, you know, uh, what's going on over there? How you guys, you're still at that place, right? Over there in Barrington? Yeah. Just waiting for you. That's the only reason we're staying there, waiting for you to come. (laughs) And say, you heathen dog, you need to be saved. (laughs) You know, just love them. Hallelujah. He knows there's something different. You know, anyway, well, praise God. Let's get to our message. (laughs) See, we are his message. And these things that Paul begins to talk about to Corinthian church, and I want to encourage everybody in here, stir up, you know, the Bible says, stir up the gift of God in you, stir up your, stir up the gifts of God in us for love and good works. The fruit of stirring up the gifts that he's placed in you. But a lot of times you're not even sure or or confident in the gifts that he's placed in you. The motive gifts in Romans chapter uh, 12 uh, verses six to eight, they're 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 huge. And the thing I want to, I feel like I, I just want to establish in here the best I can with the remaining time, is how valuable you are. I want to say this: how valuable everyone in here is to the Lord, and how valuable you are to everyone else in this room. God has designed you and I that way, that we are integral parts of his body. Amen. Amen. Now, let's go to verse 12 with me, please. We'll get to these other things in due time to get in depth on those gifts that are going to flow through this body of believers. The holy gifts of God that are going to flow through you and I. 
as we reach out to a lost and dying world. But in verse 12, Paul jumps over to this analogy to help the Corinthian church see something and comprehend it. For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body being many are one body. So also is Christ. Christ is the same thing. For by one spirit, we were all baptized into one body, whether Jew or Greek, slave or free. And we have all been made to drink into one spirit. Whether slave or free, Jew or Greek. See, we need to understand and comprehend. Now, we do to, in fact, but in Revelation, how do we treat? You know, you talk about racial prejudice in society. What about religious prejudice? If you don't attend the church that I attend, you know, you're really not in the in crowd. <laughs> if you don't worship the way they worship, you know, then there's something wrong with them. We're not called to be critical. We're not called to judge others. We're called to judge ourselves. And how do you and I judge ourselves? By the word of God. The Roman Catholic Church has millions and millions of souls in the parameter of that denomination. Do we love them? How about the Methodist Church? Just because they have a Protestant name or a tag to them doesn't mean they're born again. The, the people in there. I don't know. You know, I, by faith, I know that everybody in here is born again. But we can never assume that everybody really is. Unless they have testified of it. Amen. Amen. How do I know you're saved? Glory to God, because you've you've communicated it. His glory comes out of you in such a way that it's evident. Hallelujah. I mean, who in their right mind would be going and gathering with a bunch of folks on a Sunday morning? Folks that have light. Folks that have faith. Folks that have love. Amen. And listen, it's a transition. Because we were in a religious mindset before. We were prisoners to a con and conditioned, so to speak. Prisoner is a strong word, but eh, could have felt like prison sometimes. You know, if I don't do this, God's going to be hard on me. <laughs> Hallelujah. No, he loves us. There was something in a movie we saw recently, and a man was questioning God's wrath. And the response was, I don't know. And it was like God speaking. I don't know what you're talking about. In, in context of what they were talking about. And he said, well, what about all the wrath thing when you punish people who you're disappointed with? And God says, he made this statement. Sin has its own consequence. 
Say that. Sin has its own consequence. See, there's seed time and harvest. There's sowing, reaping, action and reaction. Amen? Amen? God said, turn away from the unfruitful ways of darkness and put on the new man. Amen? Things that produce life and light. Sin has consequence. Amen. So, let's read on. Verse 14. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I'm not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I'm not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would it be the hearing? If the whole body were hearing, where would be the smelling? But now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as he pleased. Past tense, many translations use the word the present in a present tense way. He sets the members in the body as he pleases. Now, when you think about that, a lot of folks in Christianity, and God does move sometimes, folks from one place to another place for growth's sake and for fruitfulness. One thing he told us when we launched good news, he said, never possess the people. That was advice he gave us. He said, never possess the people because they're his. Amen. A lot of, and I just want to say this, this is just factual. Some of you may have experienced it. Sometimes you can attend a congregation and all of a sudden it feels like that shepherd or the overseer, male or female, doesn't want to let you go. Why? Because, you know, they love you, ideally. But if I want, you know, when we sent Tim off the uh, Rhema Bible Training Center and he chose to do that by his own leading of the Lord. But when we saw him getting that little Toyota Corolla with all his goods packed to the, you know, car was packed to the top, driving out to Tulsa, Oklahoma. And when he pulled out of our court, we got Niagara Falls going because at that point in time, we didn't know if he would be returning to, you know, to be a part of the ministry with us again. We had no idea if God was going to send him to Jabip. And if Jabip was the assignment, praise God, we were fully supportive. And I want to tell you, it was a blessing when he, when he finished Bible school and he and Elena got married and said, well, what's God saying? He said, to come back and support you and mom, be a part of good news and serve there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. Well, what happened there? God sets the members in the body as he pleased, not because he's our son. He pleased, it pleased God to set Tim and Elena in here as associate pastors. It pleased them. It sure pleased us too. Amen. But he has, if you're convicted and convinced, convicted in a good way, and you know that God has given you the assignment of connecting here at Good News with the body expression here, 
with the vision of God here. It's not just for you to only be receive. It's to re, when you connect, you're receiving the, the grace of God for this ministry. You're receiving the grace of God for the influence of the leadership and the guidance to be equipped. Regardless of your maturity level. Amen. That you're willing to receive the Lord's gift. But at the same time, it's reciprocal. It's you're his body. And he has gifting and grace in you that he wants to see serve the kingdom and be fruitful. Amen. So he said, let's look at this. Don't ever say for a moment you're not important. Because Paul's saying this. God has created the body. And it's kind of ridiculous when you look at some of these things. So verse 18 again, but now God sets the members, each one of them in the body as he pleases or as he pleased. And if they were all one member, where would the body be? But now indeed there are many members yet one body and the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again, the head to the feet. I have no need of you. No feet, head ain't going nowhere. No head, feet ain't going nowhere. Amen. Verse 22. No, much rather, those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, on these we bestow greater honor. And our unpresentable parts have greater modesty. But our presentable parts have no need. But God composed the body. And in this place, every person that's sitting in here today. Having given greater honor to that part which lacks it. That there should be no schism in the body. But that the, or division. But that the members should have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. Or if one member is honored, all the members rejoice. Somebody in here is honored by the Lord. We all rejoice in the honor that's given to that, that member. Amen. Because if that member's edified, the whole body's edified. Well, if I'm going to give honor to you, where's mine? <laughs> you know, amen. How come I'm not being recognized? You in the body, you recognize. It's Jesus's face we're supposed to see. Connie, come here a minute. I have been to school this past since October 8th. On October 8th, 2017, we were having dinner at our daughter's. And my bride had. Yes, we haven't done this yet. Yes, we did. No, we didn't. Yes, we did. No, we did not. In your mind. Samurai pastor. Carol lost her balance. There wasn't a demon there. There was no devil that pushed her over. She thought the counter was there. She leaned back. Say accident. 
The righteous fall seven times, but they rise up each time. It doesn't say the righteous were pushed over by a devil. In life, it can happen. It was an accident. When she lost her balance, her hand went back and went to come over. We got the wall. And her hand, of course, went through a glass pane and it lacerated. Come here. Yes, it doesn't matter. I want your cooperation. I know. Bring your arm here. You'll see a samurai wife. A samurai wife. <laughs> Hold your arm up. So it was severed here. And, of course, the nerves, the muscle, and a tendon. Say tendon. You never see a tendon. We don't see the tendons physically in our bodies. But they're there. It was severed. So once it's severed, the thumb had no movement. Now, I want to tell you something, you know, I think we can all quickly agree that that thumb is an important part of this baby. Amen. It is a foundation. I have learned and gone to school about what Paul's talking about here by just seeing what the healing process of Carol's hand. Also, the season of healing, which all because of the nerves being alive. And the doctor said this. He said, if you have tingling and all that, which can be really irritating. And if it's burning and all that stuff, it can be very irritating. But it's actually part of the healing process. Huh? It's part of the healing, but it's not fun. That part of the healing isn't fun. Amen. So now I want you to hold your arm up here and show the difference of what's going on. Please do it. I need your help. Do your exercise. I want you to do your exercise. Show everybody what's going on here. You okay, may not. So when I wake up in the morning, this is like six weeks after the operation. It's it's very hard for me to even bring my fingers down to there. And like I can bring my fingers here. Now I can, I can bring it to here. And I would start out having to do this, which was hard. And I have to pull my hand back. This is the furthest I can pull my wrist back right now. And then I have to do an exercise down to here where I can just go like that. And I can't get this finger down yet all the way, but it's coming down, Jesus' name. And how many? And there's other things like, you know, I have to do this with my wrist where I could do this. You know, so how, how so there's there's just different things. How but long it, but do you have to do exercises? I have to do it. Well, they just tell me every hour and a half now because they they're I think they're a little. They want to make sure scar tissue doesn't. Yeah, and scar tissue is building up, and that's all I had to say to them. And they, I sound like a horse then. When they started pressing down where the scar tissue was, and then there was a stitch in there, and they had to pull that stitch out. This is my therapist, who I smack them. I said, that hurt. But anyway, um, it, I'm amazed to see How long the is ones the that are not noticed. How long is, are the exercises? Exercises 15, probably take no. Half hour? Half hour to 40 minutes at least. Okay. A half Every, an hour of exercising. An hour and a half. 
the rehab. To rehab. Every hour and every, a half. Every day. And this is my, they said it'll be about four months of therapy. Thank you. You may be seated. Let's give her a hand. Thank you for that. Let's give her a good left hand. Amen. Now, the wisdom through the medical community is a plan of action. It takes faith to work it. It gets old, and it gets old pretty quick, every hour and a half, every two hours, taking a half an hour of of the discipline of going through the exact exercises because he said if you push it too far, you could either tear it and we'll have to open it up and do it again. So... You know, while you're doing your exercises, there's stuff messing with the box. It's a good time to pray in tongues and say, follow, say, follow the directions. Follow the directions of wisdom. So here we are in the body, and I'm learning something about watching through this process. Because my, not only do I love my wife, but my, I have, you know, men, we have routine responses and care for our loved ones but because of the injury now i'm helping having having to help her with a lot of her natural functions i have to help her blow her hair out that's not natural (laughs) amen are you with me and no matter what a man does he never does it right you know but at least I'm operating in faith. <laughs> I, but today I got a, I did. I got an accolade today. But the, the healing process. But I got to thinking about it and how the journey of healing for her. And we're only maybe halfway there of the immediate proclamation, right? We're about eight weeks almost approaching it. So we have four months, right? Okay. Four, six weeks on Friday. It has, I want to say this, it's imposed on my routine. There's a greater demand on my consideration for her. And listen, I've even accidentally grabbed her arm because I thought she was losing her balance. And, and if she didn't have the splint on, I just looked like an arm, you know. Me, Tarzan, Eugene, <laughs> you know. And... You know, say peaceable fruit of righteousness. Wasn't there? (laughs) But the demand, not demand, because of love, the requirement, there's an obligation to help her. So, like, for just to give you an instance, I'm usually here on Sunday mornings at 9. I want to be here to, for prayer, 9.15, for corporate prayer. Okay, I get my own prayer at home. But I like to be early. But because of the change in things, uh, to get things moving and everything and to help her get done what she needs to get done in order to get here, I've been getting here like towards the tail end of prayer or not getting here for, at prayer over the next, over the past few weeks. You with me? So now let's mess with my box. I don't like being late. Say, Pastor Ray, don't like being late. 
I was trained that way. If you were on 15 minutes early, you're late. And I was just trained that way. So, unfortunately, I expect the same of you. Because <laughs> I was trained that way. But anyway, the adapting for the member to be whole has changed my routine, has changed my consideration, has changed my focus. And then, behind the scene here, this tendon that's like a rubber band that was severed is absolutely so essential. This thing that's not seen is so essential to it being repaired and healed for her hand to function properly again. Of course, faith and prayer and declaration. Amen? Y'all with me? But here we have, you know, uh, I'm glad you're here. But this is just the reality. We have Glenn that's been in bed and pretty much incapacitated. He, he can hardly do anything without pain. But he's a member in the body. When one suffers, we all suffer. And it's like, I'm asking God, like, Lord, I know those types of scenarios and those situations aren't supposed to pull us down and make us depressed. But there, there has to be a love and a care that we're aware and praying for God's goodness for that family. And like Carol said, for his presence to be there and his shalom to help them walk through the journey they're walking through. Communicating, you know. I tell you what, a, a, a phone call, a prayer, like, hey, I just want to let you, let you know. Don't ever feel putting people out. If they can't answer the phone, they won't. A text. Think of a scripture, just encouraging. Because when one suffers, we all suffer. Yeah. You know what I was thinking about? Like, um, even those h hidden things like your the body, like the finger or the hand and the the head, you can't say to the feet, I have no need of you or whatever. <clears throat> but even what makes up the body, there's, there's, don't ever feel that the giftings of God in you are not important. Yeah. I can't see the tendon, right. but it is so vitally important for my you thumb to, now, yeah. And so... There is the, the appearance, like you have people that you see serving, and everybody sees them, and it's like, oh, you know, the people on the worship team, and it's like, oh, you have such a wonderful voice, and this and that, and so on, the pastors and all that. But then you have behind the scenes all this working that helps, like all these gifts that are there that God gives, and he places as he pleases in the church. So vitally important. We need each other. Yeah. Amen. So as we go forward in uh, understanding the gifts of the Spirit of God, we're going to get there. Because I tell you what, I believe with all my heart. and Carol and I do and Pastor Tim and Lena do. And I think you guys have heard it. And I believe deep down inside there's an expectation in each one of your hearts to be used and to flow in the gifts of the Spirit. 
Because they're not for us. They're for others. And they're so supernatural in origin that people will be awakened because of the love of God expressed through us to them by the Spirit. Come on, girlfriend. You're back. I know. Can I say something about that? Please don't say, don't, don't, don't be one to say, I don't, I don't know how God can use me or, um, look forward to serving God by stepping out in faith in the gifts. Yeah. You don't have to sound, look spiritual for people to say, oh, they're moving in the gifts, you know, most people on the outside wouldn't even know that they were the gifts, you know, (laughs) except when God gets their attention through a word of knowledge they know about, and then they just go, who are you, you know, and that's when you can say, I'm just a lover of Jesus, and he loves you. And I'm here just to tell you what he's told me about you. That's all. You have to say these are the gifts and God's speaking to me and thus says the Lord, you know. He moved in such a casual way, but it was so when he moved in them, the gifts of the spirit. Do you know what I said to my husband? Do you know when Jesus called the disciples and he went up to them and he said to Peter and Andrew and all the ones, and he said, come follow me. And they started to, like, drop everything. Like, there was something powerful in his words because it was filled with faith. that got their attention. They dropped everything. They had families. Peter was married. Yeah. He had families. Dropped everything and turn to go follow him. When they followed him, they automatically started to be schooled in the Holy Ghost because they automatically started to see him heal people. Hallelujah. Gifts of healings were in operation. Miracles, lepers being healed. They were in the school of the Holy Ghost. Their training was on job (laughs) training. And you know what? My therapist said this to me. He said, Carol, you're a very visual learner. I said, yes, I am. Because when he does my, the thing shows me what to do. I do it there. But so I remember when I go home, he videos it for me. I'm an, I'm an like on the job type of train. You know, if I see you, see you doing it, I got it. Yeah. If you put me in a classroom, I'll flunk it. Don't you know, tell by taking me about a test. it. Show me it. But if you said to me, here's your test, Carol, go do this, I'll get an A+. I'm a very visual learner. And most people are. And what they were doing, they were already being trained in the Holy Ghost, in the gifts of the Spirit. Yep. They didn't have to graduate from here to here to here to here. They were being trained 
in the gifts of the Spirit by just following him and watching and amazed. So that when Jesus sent them out, remember the 70? They knew what to do. And when Jesus ascended, they needed the power of the Holy Ghost to work through them because they were working through him while Jesus was on the earth. And Jesus said, the spirit is with you, but he will be in you. He will be in you. So there's a, a difference. But see, if we don't see our function together, even as a whole, yeah. in, my, in the um, New Living Translation, it doesn't say, uh, mine says that each member together in the church, yeah. knit it together in the church. And what we have seen over the years is the unknitting of the church, a tearing away in the church because people just up and leave and go wherever they want to go and do this, do that, you know, because they've got offended because this, that, and so on. Jealousy, strife, all this stuff in the church. And that stuff, and it's all across the board. I'm not saying, you know, that's across the board. That stuff is coming to an end. Yep, it's coming, coming back to for a glorious end. church. Because Jesus is maturing the church. Amen? Amen. But here's what I, I want to say. It's like if you can't get it together there, how are you going to get it together over in the gifts? Exactly. You know? Because that was the whole thing with Paul. Yep. And, and I know I'm jumping ahead, hon. But Paul had to come in and start laying down some really strong stuff in, Cor- in, in Corinthians and with the, um, at Corinth. He had to lay down some real strong rebuke. So you're doing great in the gifts. But over here, you didn't get it together. And now we got to get it together here. So the maturing more in the gifts, you mature. See what I'm saying? And that's what God, that's what God is doing. And And it's like. God's more concerned of who we are than what we do. Than what we do. Absolutely. That's good. That's real good. So, you know, um, Sundays I, I look and I just go, okay, it's scant here. It's thin. Why is it thin? Are we doing our part? Are we winning souls? Are we bringing people in? I'm not putting, I'm just saying this is for all of us. Why, why, you know, the gathering together is, is, so so vitally important so we can learn get equipped and go out and go do it's so much fun now i wanted to say this one thing because i know this with the with the um the different gifts and and you're reading more concerning how we have need for one another and there's the mode of gifts and 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 that and you're going over into i know you're going over into the gifts of the spirit but if I said, called Lisa and say, Lisa, and you guys know this, Lisa, you have such a strong gift of encouragement. You know what she would say? She wouldn't say, oh, well, no, I don't think so. You know, shame on us when we say that. Because we're not acknowledging the gift that God has placed in us. If I said to Lisa, Lisa, you have such a strong gift of encouragement. She goes, I know I do. I love <laughs> encouraging people, doesn't she? She goes, I, sometimes I just can't shut up, you know. And she says, I'll just go on and on. But she just sees so much and just encourages. And you know what? That gives her saying that glorifies the Lord in her. Yeah. 
And for us, get over yourself when you're hanging your head down and you can't acknowledge what God has given you. Exactly. You know, I mean, rejoice, rejoice. If somebody says to me, you know, some would probably say, Carol, you're, you're, you're so direct. I'll probably say, yes, I am. Glory (laughs) to God. I am. And you know what? As much as, and some people don't like the directness. I can't help it. God made you that way. God made me that way. And I tried to change myself up. And the more I tried to change myself up, the more direct I got. You know, it was like, oh, dear Jesus, put some sugar on me, you know, do something, you know, soften this out, make me sweet. And, but you know what? It's <laughs> prophecy motivated. Yeah. And that's who I am. That's me. And so you've got to know who you are. And if you have a teaching gift in it, get, what are you sitting on your back end for? Get moving, get involved. Yep. Let's Teach. get going. Glory. Let's get doing whatever it is. If you're a server, serve. Get to serving. Where? In the local church. See, if it doesn't start here, yeah, this is the... it's not, you're not going to be effective outside. Amen. And that's where all the joints are knitted together and everything and all that is all knitted. And God is a master builder. Yeah, he is. He knows what he's doing. He knows how to do it. He knows where he placed everybody. Amen. Amen. I need and the he ligament. Knows how and one to heal of you tendon. Yeah, and one of you is our ligament. One of you is our tendon. And I, we might not see you. But there's strength in what you do. Oh, I, I want to tell you this. I, we do notice what you do do. Do do. What you do do. <laughs> what you do. <laughs> and we notice when you don't. Yeah. Because you know why? Because he's placed pastors over you. And every week we try, we keep encouraging. Amen. It's like, come on, let's all get involved. Yep. Let's all start serving and I'll make the body healthier and stronger because whatever you have inside of you is so incredibly needed. Amen. Let's start winning souls. Let's start bringing them in. Let's bring the lost in. I'm not looking for the saved to come in. Yes. And that's another exhortation from Paul. He's stronger with rebuking the sin that's in the church oh, yeah. than he is with the lost. Mm-hmm. You don't have to rebuke the lost. They need to get saved. You know, when I was a sinner. Amen. I knew I was going to hell. Yeah. I knew I was going to hell. Yeah. So anyway. Anyway, praise God. Glory to God. You may stand and let's thank God for the hand. Amen. It's my bud. (laughs) Hallelujah. We've learned, listen, we made, we just made two turkeys together. Yeah, we helped carry. And we just, I mean, he's, he's my left hand on the right hand. He, yeah, I mean, thank God you didn't have to brush my teeth. Thank God for that. Thank God you got the right hand, honey. Wait.
wait, wait. So I have, can I tell you this? So I have this band I put on my head to pull my hair back so I can wash my face and all this. He had to help me in the beginning. Put my <laughs> this this thing. And the way I do it anymore. And a husband never does anything hair. right. No, you do. But it's the way you were putting it on. It's like my face is getting fresh. And it's like, right, right. I'm back here. And it's like. Suck it up. Husband. Yeah. <laughs> and and you know what? And we and just had to laugh through it. But I I, I always say this: I have I have the best husband in the whole world. Indubitably, indubitably, inscrutably. Okay, let's yeah. pray, shall we? Yes. <laughs> Father, thank you for your word. And I appreciate the, what the Carol brought forth, and just by inspiration to encourage us that we love your truth. We love truth, that every member here and in your body is absolutely precious. In actuality, every person on the planet yes. has the potential to be a, such a, a, a great contributor to the kingdom of God. Give us your heart for each other and for the lost and the dying. In the precious name of Jesus, Father, yes. that we will see the value of each member and always remember that even in the human body, as Paul chose that to describe it, you gave it to him to, to help us comprehend it. You, that God. that substance of laminin that connects every cell to the next cell is in the shape of a cross. So let us remember the cross, the price you paid for us to be knitted together to one another. Love each other as Christ loved the church. And Lord, empower us to walk in that love to each other and to our neighbor in Jesus' Thank precious you, name. Yes. And Father, I, I'm reminded again by your spirit that what you said earlier, that the people that are here that feel that they don't have, they don't know what their purpose is, Lord. I'm asking you, Father, that as they take time out, that you will speak directly to them, yes. Father. Speak that purpose in them. We know, first of all, we all have a purpose, and that's to win the lost. It's to reveal the kingdom of God that's in us to establish the kingdom wherever we may be. But, Father, there's purpose for them to serve in the local church, how important they are. And we thank you for it, Father. I'm asking you, Father, to breathe that Ruach word in them. Amen. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Lord. Amen, amen and amen. Praise.